0: Good morning, everyone. It is the 1st of March, and I am joined today by Niall McDonnell and Asim Kadri. Well, it was a week when government bond markets took back control of sentiment, and inflation shot to the top of the agenda. Equity markets across the globe were hit by profit-taking, with volatility rising sharply, and the oil price continued to climb. But it was really all triggered by the government bond markets, wasn't it, Niall?
1: Good morning Lorna. Yes indeed a highly volatile week for government bond markets across the globe particularly in the U.S. Treasury so the U.S. government bond market. Last week we saw volatility rise pronouncedly but indeed this is a trend we've seen throughout February. We look at the move index which is an indicator representing the volatility of government bonds in the options market and it forms a key component in our monitoring framework within Architas. This is at the highest levels we've seen since April last year when we were in the grips of the pandemic. So market are really looking for protection for their government bond portfolios. But if we look at some of the numbers in the U.S. Treasury market, so the U.S. 10-year closed the week at 140 basis points, that's 1.4%, so a rise of seven basis points. But the intra-week change was quite pronounced. So during the week, there was an auction of U.S. government bonds, and this was met by noticeably weak market demand, so a lack of appetite for U.S. government debt. This sent the U.S. 10-year soaring to 1.6%. If we put this in the context of actual bond prices, the US 30-year bond price fell for 3.2% from close of business last Friday to close of business on Thursday. Friday, we've seen a bit of a clawback as the market began to settle down and digest some of the movements that we've seen.
0: Yes, an unusually volatile week for government bonds. And the US Federal Reserve attempted to calm what's been called a tantrum in the bond markets. And they confirmed there'd be no change in plans for monetary support, no change for interest rate policy. But that wasn't enough to reassure the bond markets.
1: No, Oh, Fed Chairman Powell was testifying in front of Congress last week, and that's uh, legislated that he has to testify twice a year to Congress. He told lawmakers that the economic recovery is far from over and central banks will continue to hold their loose monetary policy, uh, low interest rates and bond buying programs. The market kind of shrugged at this, and I think the chairman is mindful of the impact that any mentions of tapering of asset purchases could have, given the experience in 2013, where bond markets sold off dramatically when it was a mention of pulling back on their asset purchase programme. But I think it was as expected, so the markets kind of shrugged off the comments that the Fed chairman made. So do
0: you feel we might now have reached the point where with the Fed's monetary stimulus plus Biden's promised fiscal stimulus, has that become almost too much to digest and certainly for the bond markets?
1: Well, Lorna, if we look at Biden's plans, so he has the current 1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which equates to about 9% of GDP. And this is going to be followed, as expected, by a 3 to 4 trillion infrastructure spending, which is about 14 to 19% of GDP. These are huge amounts, and I feel the Democrats really want to focus on addressing the widening income inequalities that have characterised the post-GFC recovery and arguably led to these rise in populist movements and Trumpism. This will be the largest shift we've seen in American fiscal policy in decades. And I think markets are battling to price in the implications. And if you look at the futures market, again, another indicator Argytas uses in its monitoring framework, future prices have brought forward their expectations of a rate hike to December 2023. But the Fed has said that it's pointing to 2024 as when they expect it to begin to hike rates. So arguably the market is getting a little bit ahead of itself and just struggling to battle and digest these implications from the colossal fiscal expansion that's expected.
0: And always these inflationary pressures there. But if we look to the emerging markets, Asim, how was the fallout felt there?
2: Hi, Lorna. There was certainly spillover from the fall in US government bond prices into emerging markets, with the MSCI Emerging Markets Index selling off by over 6% during the course of the week. And this fall in emerging market equity was broad-based in terms of countries stretching from China to Turkey and Brazil. So if we think back to the taper tantrum of 2013, EM assets saw significant outflows. And the rise in US interest rates we saw last week did bring back some memories of this period. So one of the key factors underpinning the remarkable recent rally in emerging markets has been expectations of continued low US Treasury yields and weakness in the US dollar. So any signs of central banks, such as the US Federal Reserve, potentially Unwinding the ultra loose monetary policy will clearly cause some unease for emerging market investors, particularly when you consider that valuations are, on the whole, high following the recent rally we've seen.
0: Indeed. And we saw the tech index in the US, the Nasdaq index, was down almost 5% on the week. If we could focus in on the, as you say, very highly valued tech sector in China, how did things progress there?
2: Yeah, what we saw in the tech sector in China really mirrored the sharp correction in the US tech names that you alluded to. So the Hang Seng tech index, where a lot of these kind of Chinese mega cap names are listed, was down 15% for the week. With all of the big tech names such as Alibaba and Tencent selling off sharply, amid the increased expectations of higher interest rates and inflation that Niall touched upon earlier. Across Asia over the past couple of weeks, we've seen investors unwinding positions in these highly valued technology and consumer names and rotating into companies that have lagged over the last year but are set to benefit from their reopening economies. An increase in interest rates does pose a significant threat to these big tech companies across Asia but also across the US. And if we see the themes of inflation and economic reopening continuing to gain precedence, certainly could spell further trouble for these big tech names that have driven the market over the past 12 months.
0: Yes, fairly turbulent times. But if we turn to the week ahead, we have PMI data from most of the major economies. And on Friday, we have unemployment data from the US, these what they call the non-farm payrolls. Now, expectations here we've seen for hiring in February to be at the strongest pace since November. Now, will this do anything to steady the market's nerves, do you think?
1: Yes, Laura. I think if we see some positive dynamics on job creation within the US economy, I think that will help. But when you look at government bond markets, too good news is bad news for bond prices, because if we get a positive macro environment, yields could continue to rise. Also, what I'm looking at this week as well is the ISM data. So this typically is a high sensitivity US rates and we have manufacturing and services uh, ISM data out. So playing a keen eye and looking at that and also looking at the absolute levels that we're seeing in yields over the course of the week.
0: Yes, we'll see what the week ahead brings. Thank you both very much indeed. Thanks. Thanks all. You all.